Hi, and welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode two of the podcast. Okay, so we are calling today's episode Goals, Goals, Goals. Why Goals? Um, I have a lot to say today about goals and why goals are important, so I hope you uh, get a lot out of this today. It's really going to probably form the context for many of my future podcasts. So if you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are, are listening from sometime in the future and you've gone back to the beginning, thank you. I appreciate you st- starting here. Uh, the first episode I recorded last week was more of a this is what I'm doing and here's who I am type of episode. This is really the first episode in that I'm going to actually start to outline and uh, talk about some of the content today. First, a few housekeeping issues. So I'm really excited to make this announcement. Uh, The podcast is up in iTunes, so you may go there and subscribe. Uh, It just feels awesome to say that. I... um it was a goal of mine, talking about goals, to to start this podcast in time for the fall semester. I really want to run these in the same sequence as the traditional semester runs, as I feel like it'll be the most value to students uh, at that time. And it just, once I, I made that commitment, I, I really decided that in earnest, although I had the podcast in, on my mind for a while, uh, I made the decision sometime in June to be like, all right, I'm definitely going to do this come September. And then even started to say to myself, all right, I should probably record a couple in August and just make sure I have the technology down and everything. And it just led to a, a whole ton of things to have to do and learn, like a WordPress blog and, you know, recording technology and buying a microphone and just so much and all along just telling you know the self-esteem type of things tug at you you know like should can I do this or you know you know you definitely feel the urge at times with something like this to be like yeah I'll just do it another time but I'm just really glad I, I persisted and I got to this point so again I'll say it again because it makes me so happy iTunes has the podcast up you may go there and subscribe um to comment on the episode I, if I haven't done it yet, I plan on turning the comments for the actual blog post off. And instead, I'm going to be putting a link in the show notes for a discussion thread in the forum section of the blog. So at the very bottom of the show notes, you should see a link there. Um, Next question or housekeeping item relates to my first poll I put up on the website www.collegestudentsuccesspodcast.com is where this podcast lives. I put up a social media poll. I want to know what type of social media people might be interested in accessing content from the blog most frequently. So the typical um, the typical social media sites are up there: Facebook, Twitter. Um, even YouTube, um, Google+, etc. So let me know what you're thinking. Uh, eventually, I'll probably get to many of them, but I'm just trying to figure out where to concentrate my efforts first. Next, uh, the last housekeeping item is just about the schedule. So next week, uh, school starts. Ah, Labor Day's weekend is almost upon us. 
Uh, so I will announce uh, in my next episode next week uh, what my schedule will be, when I'll be releasing episodes, how many I re- plan to release each week. I probably will only do one. Maybe I'll get to another one this week. And then I will have a, a regular schedule where I'm releasing on the same day every week or two days. It's only going to probably be one or two days at the max. I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze three days in uh, per week. Anyway, so those are the housekeeping items. So again, today's episode is entitled Goals, 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 Why Goals? Uh, we say in the psych rehab industry, uh, there's a common phrase that I've said many times when I've done trainings for uh, new staff in the field, goals drive the rehab process. And, and what does that mean? It's basically this idea that a person has to have a goal in order to undergo any kind of rehabilitation in our field. So if somebody is in recovery from um, mental illness and don't have any goals, it's very hard for us, the workers or practitioners, to help them. Uh, So they really, once a person has a goal and, and really feels passionate about the goal that they're trying to achieve, the rehabilitation process then flows from there so easily when compared to a person that doesn't know what their goals are yet. I don't even say that they don't have any because I really do believe everybody has goals, but a lot of times people are just not in tune with them. Anyway, so I think back to one of the first goals you ever think about, you know, a long-term goal when you're a kid. And it's something we're asked quite often as we grow up. I've already started to see my son, who's almost three now, get asked this question a couple of times. And I think it's a pretty annoying question. Maybe people really like to be asked it, but when you don't know the answer, I feel like you really hate it. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, Anyway, as college students or, you know, recent uh, high school graduates, I bet you get that shit a lot, right? What are you going to do now that you're graduating? And expect you to know all the answers, right? Um, So I'll tell you my story with this real briefly. Um, I imagine every episode will probably have a little story time. I think that storytelling is one of the best ways to get your point across and to really get people to understand examples and and where you're coming from. So here's my first story. I, uh, when I was 17 and and trying to decide where I was going to go to college, a thing that that would probably make sense to think about at that point is, you know, where, what you actually wanted to do with your life. So I really had no clue at at 16, 17, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to go to school for, what I wanted to study. I was a pretty good student. I was pretty A's and B's, um, upper, you know, upper half. But I just, you know, things came pretty easy and I didn't really have any like specific area I loved. I, I like science, and but I didn't love it. You know, math was pretty easy for me until my very end, you know, senior year. Um, so I didn't really have any answer to that question. What do you want to be when you grow up at that age in my life? I remember the earliest thing I wanted to do was be a veterinarian and go to Cornell I didn't realize at the time what went into making a decision like that. And, and when I came of age, you know, to be able to actually act on that, it really wasn't my, my passion anymore. My mom at the time worked in the medical field. She worked for a physical therapist and uh, orthopedic surgeon group. 
And she met a lot of people in that in those industries and had decided or recommended to me one time, you know, Derek, you would be a good physician's assistant. And this was, you know, mid 90s. So uh, physician's assistants are actually, I think, far more prevalent now than they were then. And so I, I, you know, respected my mom as much as a 17 year old could at the time. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe she's right. She knows the thing or two about this stuff. So maybe I'll be a physician's assistant. And so that's how I went about choosing where I went to school. I ended up uh, applying to three schools and then I ended up getting into one, which was Rutgers University, uh, which is coincidentally where I teach now, although it's a random way that I actually got there. I will tell it another time. I went by way of UMDNJ, but I'll save that. Um, so I ended up applying and getting into Rutgers, and I went away to school. And you know, it was a graduate program, the physician's assistant program. So I had to major in something for undergrad. So it would have been you know something like biology or chemistry. You know, freshman year, fall semester, get on campus, take your introductory courses, and all that crap. You know, do okay. And then come springtime, I had to pick my courses, and then was really the time I was going to start, you know, going for my degree because I had a bunch of expository writing and all that freshman crap to go through the first semester. And it was then I was faced with this, like, idea that my mom had put in my head that, yeah, I'm going to be a physician's assistant. And all of a sudden, thinking about it and having some, I guess, accountability to follow through on that, I was like, I don't really want to be a physician's assistant. I don't really want to take biology labs and chemistry. I did okay in that in school, but I don't love it by any means. And this was the first time in my life I started to really think about what I truly like to do. And I did some soul searching in in between those semesters and and decided I knew I liked to read. (laughs) That was it. And and reading, you know, it could be anything. But I I, I enjoyed reading. I was always a big reader growing up. And so I switched my degree from biology. Well, I was really undecided or undeclared. But I I ended up declaring uh, English and followed through on that and ended up getting my degree in four years in English. So now I'm in the psychology field. Um, I just—I remember thinking to myself with an English degree, I was like, I, I don't even know what I would do with it. I, I could be a teacher, and I guess I had sort of settled on that. I was like, I think I'll be a teacher. And here I am. I, I got there, and it was the most roundabout way. And you'll hear probably many other stories uh, along the way about how I eventually ended up in this position. But it just goes to show I didn't know what the hell I wanted to be when I grew up. My mom gave me a goal. I was like, you should be this. And I was like, okay, I'll be that. And it didn't work for me. I couldn't own that goal because it wasn't my goal. My brother, who is five years younger than me, I remember him being asked this question when he was young. And his earliest reply, which we still like to kid him about, is he wanted to be an ice cream man. And now I I won't actually kid him about that because if somebody were to come to me and tell me they wanted to be an ice cream man, I would be, as long as they were actually being serious, I would be completely serious with them. I will not 
look down or, or feel, you know, any differently about somebody wanting to be an ice cream man as they would want to be a physician assistant. And that's just from learning a lot. So there's nothing wrong with that anymore in my mind. Anyway, getting back to goals, without a goal, you end up sort of spinning your wheels in the day to day. And your default goal becomes just get the shit done that you need to get done for that day. So how do we turn this around? Let's first talk a little bit about what's a goal. What is a goal? Everyone probably feels like they know what a goal is. If you were to ask them to define it, it might take them a second. But I'd give this, how about this for a spin? A goal is an objective that somebody strives to attain. Good, right? Yeah. (laughs) I came up with that a little while ago. Um, borrowing from just a few different definitions I read online. If you think about the term or the phrase, a means to an end, the end portion of that phrase is the goal, where you want to be. I also just plugged the word goal into Wikipedia to see what would come up. Um, and they mentioned goals having intrinsic value as well. And that w- that's a necessity for a goal. And, and I think I'd agree with that. If you think back to the story about me and my mom, you know, her goal for me, I, there was no intrinsic value for me in becoming a physician's assistant. I, you know, I liked bio, other than liking biology, I didn't feel any sort of drive in, inside of me to pursue that goal. So you set goals so you know where you're going. If you think about like somebody that just sets sail in a boat and doesn't have a goal or an endpoint of where they want to be, what ends up happening? They just sort of haphazardly meander and bob up and down in the water and it's probably pretty nice just go with the intention of not having any destination you end up meandering aimlessly and if that is your goal to just explore then that's great but most people don't have that goal in life so we set goals so we can harness the motivation that drives us And motivation is is an enormous variable in this equation when it comes to goal setting. We will need probably a whole podcast episode in the future, but I will get into depth about um, motivation in the future. So with goals, though, the basic process that I I teach and and, and have sort of revised for the purposes of of this podcast is as follows. You start by thinking about the highly satisfying areas of your life. What's good, right? In the psych rehab world, we talk about it being a strengths-focused perspective, meaning we think about what people do well first before we get into what people need. And I I agree with that. That really is in tune with, with my philosophy. So I start out talking with people about what is satisfying about your life. What do you enjoy? Some people are just really happy when they're in college because they they cherish it and and it was something that they weren't even sure if they'd be able to attain and they got there and they feel great about that and they should for other people college is like just some place that their parents expect them to be that they may not really feel intrinsically is a place for them and i'll have a lot to say about for those people as well in the future so you want to think about what's satisfying you. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's you know a, a position, a temporary um, part-time job you have, or um, a friendship or a relationship that you have. Where does that passion lie? 
And eventually you'll end up turning your attention to the areas in your life where you're dissatisfied. It helps to think big first, what moves you. And then we'll be able to start with small changes, asking ourselves the question of what can you begin to do now? What can you put into practice starting tomorrow? What's something that you can start to do that's maybe you don't want to do it in the beginning, but eventually if you did it enough, it would be a habit, a healthy habit. Healthy habits and healthy habit forming are going to be one of the main strategies I encourage and teach as a means to making small incremental changes in your life that's going to eventually lead to big changes and achieving those goals at the very top. Habits, you know, everyone has probably had a bad habit in their life, right? Um, It's actually not easy to start a habit, even a bad one. You have to work at it, but then once, you, once you're in the habit of something, you don't really have to work at it anymore. So in order to, to kind of feel confident about setting habits and, and it being a good, a good strategy for attaining a goal, I, I did some research into habits, and a lot of my podcasting is going to be what I would call evidence-based. I'm not just going to tell you my goddamn opinion because that's what I think it is. You will get my opinions, but I'm going to try and provide some sort of evidence to back up my opinion. Too many people out there today in the media and and otherwise just sort of spew shit that everyone sort of takes as gospel because, oh, they heard it on CNN or wherever. And if you actually dig deeper you and do some of the research and fact-checking, you find that actually it's sort of twisted what the person said. So I encourage everyone to... Back to verify what I say, back up my facts. I will always cite where I'm getting info from. So the research that I'm pulling from today is from a research study by Lally Van Jarsveld, Potts, and Wardle from 2010 called How Habits Are Formed, Modeling Habit Formation in the Real World. And the citation is going to be in the show notes for today. This came, as I said, about five years ago. And... It is the definitive study in my mind about how long it actually takes for a habit to develop. I'm sure you may have had uh, some sort of discussion about this with somebody at some point. I know I've had it numerous times. It's like, well, how long do you really feel like it takes for something if you did it every day to become a habit? And if you asked the random person on the street that question, they might just come up with some answer that they've heard before, or maybe they read online because it's you know almost like folklore or um, you know some bit of pop culture type of thing. I've heard two weeks, fourteen days. I've heard three weeks a lot, and when I t- plugged it into Google, three weeks was was the number that came up a lot. Although really with no factual bearing, it seems like habits and habituation often get. Um, crisscrossed, and they are not the same thing. So uh, looking into it, this study I found to be very well done, and to me is the definitive answer on this question, how long does it take to form a habit? So just real quick, how, what, how they designed this study is they took about 100 people, their, their N was 96 participants, and they had them choose from they had them choose a goal from one of three areas, either an eating goal, a drinking goal, or an exercise goal. Pretty straightforward, simple goals like I will increase my water intake, 
buy X number of you know ounces, or I will increase my exercise, or I will decrease you know my portions or calorie intake, or something that's pretty measurable that the person could then track how often they complete a task associated with the goal. They time this over 12 weeks um, and then collected all this data on these 96 participants. And once they had all that data, they ran a regression analysis and got a nonlinear curve or what they would call a predictive model. And the model fit for two-thirds of the participants, 62 of the 96 participants this model seemed to work well for. And what it basically said is that the mean or the average time to reach 95% on the automatic C scores, or the way they sort of track how, how, how much of a habit something is, the mean time was 66 days, so just a little over two months. And the range on that is, is a bit uh, wild. It's between 18 and 254 days. <laughs> so you could see that people differ on how long it truly takes by a wide variety. And it probably depends largely on the person and their individual situation. And it depends hugely on the goal, right? Small goal, trying to get in the habit of, I don't know, putting your plates into the sink after you eat meals may not take you nearly as long as a goal of quitting smoking cigarettes when you've had a 20-year smoking habit. So that's why you're going to get that, that really wild range, and it's going to swing. So to double back, I, habits are going to be, you know, healthy habits are going to be one of the foundational strategies I'm going to use in this goal setting podcast. Here we're going to have our first home exercise. So we'll call this not homework, right? Nobody wants any more homework and I'm not going to give you anyway, any kind of homework. No, because I feel like nobody would come back. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned, I think in the intro and in my description of the podcast, this is sort of an active listening type of thing, right? Uh, it's not meant for people just to sit back and listen. Um, we're going to try and, and do some stuff together. So here's your first thing you're going to do. Um, think about what your goal is in life. <laughs> and in doing so, you might consider the different domain areas where you see a lot of goals originate. So I don't want goals of I will eat more fish. That's a typical one I remember getting when I was a practitioner. Not typical in that everybody did it, but one that I, I often think about and relate back to in trainings when um, people talk about, well, what's a meaningful goal? So there might be some meaning behind I will eat more fish from a, a nutritional standpoint, right? Um, person wants to eat more omega-3 fatty acids and they want to increase the amount of those in their diet. So eating more fish would be um, a way to do that. Or maybe their father, a person's father is a fisherman and they just have tons of access to this amazing quality, low cost fish. And the person for whatever reason just hasn't been into fish. And so that's why they want to eat more. Um, so there's like a financial incentive. Um, but just eating more fish just for the sake of it, I, I don't know if it fits in any of these domains. So the, the four domains are uh, living, learning, working, or socializing. 
And most of the goals that you think of are going to fall into one of these four categories. So living, uh, I want to move off campus. You know, there's an example. Or I want to find a place where I have my own room. Um, so living goals can be really important because your home domicile is just so important and factors so heavily into your overall baseline anxiety and mood levels. Uh, it's really quite unbelievable. Um, I know this just from firsthand experience of when I was in a really tenuous housing situation. Uh, it coincided with like the worst mental health of my life. So um, I can you know anecdotally um, verify this. Next, uh, learning goals. You know, a lot of you guys are engaged in learning goals right now if you're in college. So, you know, typical one, I want to obtain a degree in blank or I want to, you know, it doesn't even have to be learning for academia. It could be I want to learn how to sew or I want to learn, I want to get better at this video game. <laughs> um, you could have a working goal, you know, getting a job or getting a second job or getting a promotion within your job. Um, so there's a lot of different goals that can arise from that. And then socializing is the last domain. And that could be, you know, I, I want to make more friends or I want to develop an intimate relationship. Um, living, to go back to living again, could also be related to health. Um, I, I sort of don't necessarily have it be grounded completely in physical location. So living could be a health-related goal, you know, decrease cigarette smoking or stop drinking or something like that. Um, so, so these are your big goals. You know, this I want you to think about what are your big goals um, and then think about one specific one that is sort of the big goal of big goals <laughs> in a sense. And that big goal is going to oftentimes involve a transformation into a new type of role. So it might be you're right now into a role of student, most of you. You may also be in a role of someone's boyfriend or girlfriend, or you might be an employee. You might be a best friend. You're somebody's son or daughter. So you serve many different roles. You wear many different hats in life. And oftentimes the big goals, the ones that are like at the top of your passion list, it's like, oh, I would love to do this, involve taking on or assuming some kind of new role or shedding this role that you, you had that you don't want anymore. Um, you know, person with a mental illness. <laughs> That's a big part of rec the recovery process is sort of in not embracing the role, but sort of coming to terms with it. It's like, yes, I have something that, you know, I wish I didn't have. I have depression or I have this anxiety problem, but I manage it through X, Y, and Z. And for that reason, I'm a productive, healthy, you know, fiance to somebody amazing or whatever that role is in your life. You know, I see that in, as a big part of the recovery process. So if you're in anticipating a transformation or you've been thinking about a role transformation and have been having some serious qualms about it, let's jump in, man. You know, it's time to embrace it. I am now a role in a new role of podcaster and I can't freaking believe it. So if I could do it, anybody can. So then once you have that goal in mind, it's going to get time to write it down and make a plan. And the, the plan really creates ownership and ensures that you're not going to forget it. 
It might sound dumb, but it happens every day. People forget the goals that really matter to them. And that's why I'm doing this podcast is so that people don't forget them as much. That's going to be the topic for the next podcast, how to write it down and make a plan. So to wrap up, goals are important. We really need them in life or we become directionless boats that just seek to explore. And while it would be lovely to just have a life like that where you just, you know, went out and explored and experienced life without any thought about needing to plan for your shelter and nutrition and um, financial security and whatnot. Um, it's just not where we are right now. So since we are here and we have to do this, let's let's do it together, you know. So I have an answer now for the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> That might get people starting to think twice before they answer or before they ask that stupid question ever again. So the next time somebody asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe you tell them, listen, I'm not waiting until I grow up to become something. I'm doing it right now. What, you don't see it? Where? How freaking dumb are you? It's right here. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, and that is it for today. So comment. Um, you can find a link to a thread on the blog where you can post comments or discuss the episode. If you want to rate this podcast, it would be a huge help to me. Even a one star rating, I'll take it if you tell me why. Um, but I'd really like the, the high number of stars. Um, but it really helps me to be able to become visible for other people that are searching for this info and this content. So thank you again. Take care, guys. Talk to you next time.